0: He looked a lot like the serial killer Ted Bundy, only older. Mid-forties, probably, Carver's age. He had Bundy's all-American, amiable features, complete with neatly arched eyebrows and small, chiseled nose turned up slightly at the tip. The same innocent blue eyes and a mouth always ready to smile, even when things were going bad. As they must be, or Joel Brant wouldn't be in Carver's office. Brant sat down and raked his fingers through his dark, wavy hair, which was going gray at the temples. He was wearing pleated blue slacks and a gray sport coat over a white shirt without a tie. A thick silver neck chain winked in the light among dark chest hair, where his collar parted. Morgan recommended you, he said. He looked worried. The sincere blue eyes held secret pain. I know, Garver said. Vic called me about you. Vic Morgan's recommendation was the only reason Carver wanted to touch Brant's problem. Morgan was a retired vice cop and a more savvy judge of human nature than a roomful of psychologists. He believed Brant, which went a long way with Carver. The police won't believe me, Brant said. You sure? Maybe they're just doing their job. A complaint's filed, and they go through a certain procedure. Brant shook his handsome head. The neck chain glittered. No, I can tell by their expressions they don't believe me. I suppose you can't blame them for that, though. I mean, it's the times, the way things are right now on the news and in all the magazines. Like, the whole society's gone mad. He absently rubbed a finger along the chain, where it disappeared beneath his collar. A nervous habit, maybe. I doubt if you're going to believe me. You don't have to make me believe, Carver said. You only have to make me curious. Brant dragged a crumpled pack of cigarettes from his shirt pocket. Camels. Mind if I smoke? Carver noticed Brant's hand was trembling. Smoke away, he said. He wanted Brant to relax and talk freely. Besides, the smoke didn't really bother him. He smoked cigars himself sometimes after meals. Brant stuck what appeared to be the last cigarette from the pack between his lips, then fished around in a pocket and withdrew a silver lighter. It took him three tries to get the lighter to work, then he sucked in enough smoke to burn away half an inch of the cigarette. He threw his head back and exhaled toward the ceiling. For several seconds, he watched the smoke spread out up there, then lowered his gaze and looked directly at Carver. His eyes were calm now but one corner of his mouth twitched slightly before he began to speak. I'm what could be described as a reasonably successful businessman, Mr. Carver. My company, Brand Development, is a small construction firm specializing in residential real estate. You might have seen Brand Estates, our newest subdivision, off the highway west of town. Carver nodded. He recalled driving past the spread of neat, medium-priced homes that were perched like a goal and a promise— on the edge of the poorer section of Del Moray. I'm a widower, Brent went on. My wife, Portia, was killed six months ago by a drunk driver. I'm not what you'd call a womanizer. In fact, I hardly have any social life at all. I spend most of my time working. After my wife's death, I got into that habit to try forgetting my grief. An expression almost palpably sad passed over his features, as if gravity had given them an extra tug.